Welcome back, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for Microfamous. And uh, this is the podcast where we essentially go into building a Microfamous strategy in short 10 to 15 minute chunks, which is exactly what we're doing here today. I want to talk about the power of one. And if you want a simple, profitable thought leadership business, what our sole focus should be on. Because there are uh, so many things that pull at our attention. There are so many different tactics we could be trying. There are so many different things we could be talking about. You know, I was talking to a, a client about this the other day. And uh, I just mentioned that, look, if you're, if you're really smart, if you have good material, if you have good intellectual property, because you've really, you've really dived deep into what it takes to get people results, you probably look at that content and go, man, there's so many people in the world that could benefit from this. And you're right. However, that doesn't solve the marketing problem, the challenge of getting the right people into your world because not everybody is your ideal client and not everyone is someone that you can get the best results for and not everyone is in that most valuable slice of the market. So uh, while your content could apply and, and while you know some of the, the sharpest, most successful people I know could make a thought leadership business out of 50 different aspects of what they do and talk about, the key is to really go and find the one, right? So what I believe is that if you want a simple, profitable thought leadership business, our sole focus should be on finding the clear and compelling idea that speaks deeply to our ideal client. So the more people that we try to appeal to, the more options that we offer, the more we actually dilute ourselves in our message. And right now there's a lot of noise online and in order to cut through that noise, we need a message that is razor sharp, crystal clear, and positively polarizing. So I want to give you three concrete examples of thought leaders who really understand this concept, like the power of one, the power of having a clear and compelling idea for one type of person and really driving that home over and over and over again over a period of years. So ideally, your clear and compelling idea is something that your competitors would disagree with, something that would ruffle their feathers, something that might even cause a stir if you spoke up at an industry event, uh, because there is an incredible power in having a singular message and finding a thousand different ways to deliver that same message. So first, we're going to look at Mike Ferry, who many in my audience are going to be familiar with. He is essentially the godfather of real estate coaching. He's one of the most successful business coaches of all time in any industry. And he's built what I would call one of the most powerful, disciplined, cohesive cultures around his message that I've ever seen. You know, people joke around kind of in the real estate world about KW and kind of drinking that Kool-Aid. Uh, there is no group of people uh, that are as devoted and disciplined and cohesive around a leader as the folks in Mike Ferry's community. Right, That guy has built a culture. If you are in his world, you are either a disciple or you are out. <laughs> there is no middle ground. Uh, he is polarizing in his message. He's also polarizing in his presentation, which if you, if you know of him or if you've been around that culture, you know what I'm talking about. So lots of fans, lots of detractors. Um, and there, there are both positive and negative reasons for that. And I don't want to get into any of that here. But he did say something really, really interesting and it's one of the most show-stopping you know quotes that i've ever heard in my entire life i mean i was just i was completely blown away when i first heard this but he told my mentor this he said i figured out a long time ago that i had to stop saying new things to the same people and start saying the same thing to new people so let me repeat that again he said i figured out a long time ago i had to stop saying new things to the same people and start saying the same thing to new people 
So I think a lot of us as thought leaders, you know, even when we come up with a message, uh, even when we come up with an, uh, an idea that we think is clear and compelling and we start talking about it, uh, we start getting the sense that, hey, we're talking to kind of the same audience. So we got to kind of come up with new things to talk about, new things to offer them, new products, new packages, new options, all this other stuff. Um, a lot of that comes from the pressure to be on social media all the time. And that pressure to be on social media creates the pressure to create something new for social media all the time, which leads us to talk about different things, all, all the problem. So one way to kind of um, to get to get a grasp of this is think about if you had an, an influx of new people into your email list, an influx of new people into your social media, or even if you were just, you know, think about the old days when you could speak on stages consistently. But let, let's say we get back to that in 2021. Think about if you were doing speaking engagements and you were reaching a thousand new people, you know, butts in seats every single month. Would you be looking for something new to say? So if you, so ask yourself if you had an influx of new people into your world, either live in person or just online getting into your email list or, or joining you on social media, would you be pressuring yourself for something new to say? right? Or is it possible that you're looking for new things to say because you sense that you're talking to the same people all the time and you're trying to find new things that resonate with them? And, uh, and that's a trap, right? Looking for new things to say all the time to me is a trap when it comes to building a simple, profitable business off of our thought leadership. Now, if you want a messy, complicated, you know, unprofitable business, <laughs> like uh, if you want to talk about a lot of different things, talk to many different types of people, offer many different types of packages, deliver all kinds of different types of services, by all means, keep thing, you know, keep coming up with new things to say. And that's exactly what will happen. Because when you say new things and different things all the time, people come to you for different things, right? They're going to come to you for different services, different packages, different options, different, you know, types of, uh, of ideas. They're just going to come to you for different things, right? Because you're talking about different things all the time. And, uh, and so it's a self-perpetuating problem. So if you ask yourself, if I had an influx of new people coming into my world every single month, would I be looking for something new to say? So it's a, just a good way to kind of examine your own motives for why you're talking about the things that you're talking about. And you might find that you're looking for different things to say because you sense that you're talking to the same people all the time. And that may be true, right? Um, social, you know, organic reach on social media is way, way down. It continues to go down to the point where, you know, people say that about one to 5% of people that you're connected to on social media actually see your posts. You know, it's a big problem. If you do a Google image search right now for Facebook organic reach, it's basically just a, a bunch of graphs that go down to the right. Uh, it's not a pretty picture. Uh, I've been saying that for, for quite a while. And some of the smartest marketers I've had on my show over the years have said the same thing. And say, look, uh, you know, uh, if you're if you're the CMO of Coke in the UK, and you have a half million fans on your Facebook page, you can actually reach them, re get greater reach by dropping 500 bucks on a, a promoted post than you will by posting something organically to 500,000 people. I mean, it's it's insane just how low the reach has gotten. So it may not be your imagination that you're talking to the same people all the time. Uh, that may be a phenomenon of social media, or maybe the fact that you don't have a lot of new people coming into your email list. And to me, the easiest way to solve that problem is go out and get featured, especially right now when there's no, you know, real consistent speaking gigs, uh, go out, get featured on podcasts. Um, you got to make sure that you have your pitch together and there's a lot that goes into that. That's a whole other conversation. I've talked about that on the podcast, but to me, you know, make sure that you are doing something that's going to reach and bring in new people into your world. Because if you don't have that influx of new people into your world, it's going to be a lot harder for you to stay on message and talk about the same thing all the time.
because it's just tempting. You know, when you feel like you're talking to the same crowd all the time, you feel like you need to come up with something different to say. Uh, you know, there's a really great, I just thought of this, there's a great analogy. Uh, somebody said, you know, a, a million years ago, this is probably in the late 1800s, you know, 19th century, whatever. And they said something about, you know, there's a difference between a pastor and a traveling preacher. The traveling preacher gets to take the same message and refine it over and over and over and over again until it works perfectly and every little wrinkle, every little sticking point is removed, every you know, every line of that's been refined, every part is maximized for emotional effect. So, so of course, the professional, you know, traveling minister is going to get a better response in any given church that he walks into than the pastor of that church. Why? Because the pastor of that church has to come up with something new to say to the same people every Sunday morning. The difference is for us as thought leaders is for the most part, uh, we're not just talking and, and hopefully we're not just showing up and talking to the same people all the time. Now, yes, they, they need something new from us and we'll talk about that in a second. But if you're reaching new people, they need to hear that that same message that you've delivered over and over and over again that you've tweaked and refined to where it has maximum effect, right? So that's what Mike Ferry was talking about. He said, I said, uh, you know, I, I realized that I needed to stop saying new things to the same people and start saying the same thing to new people. And as a result, he has a incredibly cohesive culture built around the same core concepts and because he's always talking to new people, he's able to keep on hammering those same concepts over and over and over again and bring new people into the culture. They're excited about those things because it's the first time they've heard them. That invigorates the people that are already there, and it's a really good cycle. But what that does is that helps contribute to that really powerful, cohesive culture that he's built because he's not talking about different things all the time. And this is the secret. He's finding a thousand ways to deliver the same message. And that's a little bit of what I want to get into. So we're going to look at uh, another couple of thought leaders. That was the first one, Mike Ferry. Next, we're going to look at John Maxwell. Super interesting. Uh, again, comes from uh, kind of the same uh, faith background that I do. And clearly super intelligent. You know, he could speak and write on a whole range of different things. He could have even just stayed in the church world and talk about how to grow churches for, you know, I mean, that, that would have made him a very successful uh, thought leader in his own right. But his next book is about leadership. <laughs> you know, if you look at John Maxwell's books, they're about leadership. Um, now, whether it has leader or leadership in the title, which I would say most of them do, uh, his next book may not quite have that in the title, but odds are leadership is at the core of that book, right? Um, and I, you know, like if, if I were to ask myself what I think John Maxwell's clear and compelling idea is, it's this, leadership is simply influence. So at the core of everything that John Maxwell talks about is that idea. That's what stuck out to me from reading his book in high school, in leadership class. It still sticks with me today. That's the main thing I remember from all of his writings. So the challenge for a thought leader like John Maxwell is to find a thousand ways to talk about leadership without getting distracted and diluting the John Maxwell brand, right? If he were to come out with books on other aspects of personal development or business development, yeah, people are going to buy them. But if they don't reinforce his clear and compelling idea over time, that's going to weaken his brand. It might even get so bad that somebody knocks him off the throne, uh, so to speak, of being the guy who talks about leadership, right? If, if his next 10 books aren't about leadership, it's going to start to break that link in all of our minds that equates John Maxwell with leadership. So he has to be focused and intentional about what he talks about. And the best thing for his brand and his thought leadership business, especially to keep it simple and profitable, is to just keep finding a thousand ways to talk about leadership without getting distracted, without diluting the brand, right? 
So third, we're going to look at Richard Koch, which is one of my favorites. He's the author of the 80-20 principle, which you probably heard of if you haven't read it. Uh, he's also the author of, author of a whole bunch of different books on the 80-20 theme, like the 80-20 manager, the 80-20 way, the 80-20 individual, uh, and a whole, bunch of, uh, a whole bunch of others. So every book that he's written is based around that clear and compelling idea of the 80-20 principle. It's what he's built a lot of his success in, in, uh, in business, his success in investing. It's made of a multi-hundred millionaire. I mean, it's, he's an incredible guy, and the 80-20 principle at the heart of it is itself incredible. And there's other people that talk about it. You know, if you Google it, uh, if you Google 80-20 principle, you know, you can find stuff from Tim Ferriss because that goes back all the way to his book, The 4-Hour Workweek. He has some amazing examples of 80-20. He's written some blog posts about it. Uh, one of my favorite guys, Perry Marshall in the sales and marketing world, wrote the 80-20 sales and marketing guide. Um, and, uh, and so there's other people that talk about it, but Richard Koch is the 80-20 guy right? Perry Marshall, in fact, was inspired by Richard Koch and then took 80-20 into the sales and marketing realm and, and niched down even further from Richard Koch. So that's a whole other conversation. But Richard Koch is the 80-20 guy. They, every book that he's written result, revolves around that same core concept. So if Richard Koch comes out with a new book, I know that the heart of that book lives the 80-20 principle. Even the books that don't include 80-20 in the title, like Simplify or The Star Principle, which, by the way, are amazing, even those books still revolve around the 80-20 principle, right? So the concepts for all of Richard's books are born out of people asking how the 80-20 principle applies in different situations and in Richard's own work pushing himself to apply that principle to every area of his life, right? Which is where you, where you get things like the 80-20-Y or the 80-20 individual. So what is his challenge to keep his thought leadership business simple and profitable? Well, it's to keep finding a thousand ways to apply that principle, right? A thousand ways to talk about 80-20. So to sum up, all three of them have the same challenge, which is once you identify your clear and compelling idea, the challenge isn't to find new ideas necessarily. The challenge is to find a thousand ways to deliver and reinforce that same message, that same idea, right? That is a great challenge to have. So at first, that might seem limiting, Right? But if you're passionate about getting people results in a certain area, I guarantee that you have more content around that one area than you give yourself credit for. So I want to give you like a little visualization exercise, and this is kind of uh, inspired by the book, where I talk about you know, what does your point of view and your clear and compelling idea look like? So I want to show you uh, real quick, just visually, how to map out your point of view. So think about it like this and picture this in your head. Think about a pyramid. That pyramid is your belief system. That's what I would call your point of view. At the very tip top of that pyramid is your clear and compelling idea, which is a great analogy because, or like a great way to visualize it because I also think of a clear and compelling idea as the tip of the spear into the market. It's the, hopefully the first thing that people associate with one of us when they discover us, right? It's the key thing that we want to communicate that drives the change that we want to make in the world. It's the thing we want to become known for. That's our clear and compelling idea. That sits at the very top of our pyramid. Now, right underneath that are our buying beliefs. It's the handful of beliefs that support that clear and compelling idea, and they determine if someone is our right people. The more of those buying beliefs people agree with, the more likely they are to agree with our clear and compelling idea, and the more likely they are to be the right kind of person for us, right? So that's the next level down from the very tip of the pyramid. Now, underneath that is the foundation. Those are the supporting beliefs, values, and opinions that, are, uh, that make up the base of our belief system. It's why we look at the world the way we do. That includes all of our bold opinions, right? The beliefs that are controversial, the beliefs that are polarizing. Every one of those supporting beliefs, values, and opinions 
are potential podcast topics, book topics, speaking topics, interview topics for podcasts, right? And what do they all support and lead back to? Our clear and compelling idea, right? So think about it when you look at that pyramid, at the very top is our clear and compelling idea. Underneath that is the buying beliefs, and at the foundation are the supporting beliefs, values, and opinions. Those are the elements that make up our point of view. And there's so many things in there that we can talk about, right? But they all lead back to and support our clear and compelling idea. So if you're in the early stages of a thought leadership business and you're trying to clarify your message, you're trying to clarify what you stand for, that's one of the best exercises you can give yourself is to map out your point of view. Map out your beliefs, map out your values, map out your opinions. Get everything down, get it onto paper, um, push yourself to uncover the supporting evidence, you know, whether that's events or things that you read or things that you heard from other people or life experiences or whatever. Push yourself to uncover the things that help shape your beliefs, right? The things that happened to you that revealed your values, the things that you've done and experienced in business that shaped your bold opinions. Push yourself to list all that stuff down. Uh, I do this with new podcast clients and it's always one of the most powerful parts of our work together. I did this for myself when I started, you know, thinking about writing a book. I got all this stuff out of my head on the paper on like a mind map and drew bubbles and lines and all this stuff because I wanted to get all this stuff out of my head and then I wanted to start seeing how it linked up, right? That's a great way to start. Just get it all out of your head, all out onto paper, right? Write down every opinion you have about business, you know, things that people are doing wrong, things where people are taking advantage of, myths, lies, misbeliefs, limiting beliefs, um, what's true, what's not true. Write it all down, right? And then start to drop it into that pyramid. What are the things that you strongly believe? What are your bold opinions? What are the buying beliefs, the things that ab people absolutely need to agree with you on in order to be a right person for you? And then that's going to point the way. That's going to help you uncover an idea that can be sharpened and refined into a clear and compelling idea, right? And armed with that, you know exactly what to talk about when you get interviewed. You know exactly what to speak on. You know exactly what to write books on. You know exactly what to launch a podcast around, right? Because all that, all that exercise of like getting all of that stuff out of your head and onto paper and kind of mapping out your point of view, it gives you the raw material to talk about your idea from a thousand different angles. So you can drive it home over and over and over and over again to the market. Right? That's what great thought leaders do. They take one clear and compelling idea and they drive it home over and over and over and over again. And the way that they do that is not simply by repeating themselves. It's by finding a thousand different ways to deliver the same message. So one interesting thing I learned from watching my dad pastor churches over the years is this. If we aren't sick of hearing ourselves make the same point, people aren't hearing it enough. Right, Because just at the point where we feel like we're sick of it is the point where people start to kind of pay attention. <laughs> That's just the reality of it. Uh, and, and if you're a pastor leading a group of people, you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you're a thought leader that's been coaching, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a parent that's raised kids, you know what I'm talking about. Right? Just when you feel like you're getting sick of repeating yourself is at the point where they go, ooh, I remember you said something interesting about that. What was that again? And then you want to pull your own hair out. But that's part of being a leader. Right? And that's why I don't just call the people that I work with coaches or consultants or speakers or authors. We are thought leaders. Right? We are making change and leading people to new beliefs, new actions, and new results. It's more than just coaching. It's more than just consulting. It's more than just speaking or writing a book. It's making change. Right? It's inspiring new actions, 
that come from new beliefs and all that leads to new results, right? So don't get discouraged if you're bored with the same message way before other people get bored of it. I think that happens a lot. We move on too quickly. Um, find your clear and compelling idea. Make it your mission if you don't have one to find it. And then make it your mission to find a thousand ways to deliver it over and over and over again. That's when you can actually start to make real huge progress in your thought leadership business. And more importantly, the end result is not a business that's messy and complicated and frustrating. It's a business that's simple and profitable because it's based around one singular, clear and compelling idea that reaches a certain type of person and draws them into your world, right? And then you can get them results. So that's my episode for today, The Power of One. I hope you got a lot out of that and that it inspires you to really focus and zero in on making that your mission. Make it your mission. If you don't know yet what your clear and compelling idea is, make it your mission to find it and uncover it because it's like the center of an onion. It is there. It is trapped inside your head. It is buried on somewhere in your belief system, right? And like an onion, you peel away the layers until you get to the center and that's where it's at, right? So it's not something external. It's not something out there that you have to find, it's something in your head. That's, that's trapped there and uncovered among a bunch of other things. So that's the process. It's like peeling away an onion. So anyway, hope that, hopefully that's encouraging. Thank you so much for everyone that likes the show, shares it, reviews it, rates it, all that fun stuff. I really appreciate it. And, uh, and we'll keep talking about this topic. I'm going to do another one on freedom of movement. So stay tuned for that. That's where we'll talk about how do you keep moving forward when you don't quite know what your clear and compelling idea is. And I think that'll be really valuable for anyone that's in that situation. So stick around for that. That's coming up in a future episode. We'll see you then.